This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I am Brad and thank you very much for joining me today. Glad you could tune in. Uh, go ahead and pull up a virtual chair. Get yourself a cup of coffee. We uh, got a new bag in from Ben from the Angry Dad Podcast. He sent me over a bag of, this is a, <laughs> got a really interesting cover on it. It's by the, it's a collaboration from the band The Lamb of God and Nightflyer Roastworks. And they, they partnered up and started a coffee line, which is really cool. You know, whether you're into The Lamb of God or not, there's this uh, really intense, awesome metal band. But if you're not into that, you're probably still going to like their coffee because this stuff is, is legit. It's not just some gimmick coffee here. Um, you know, these guys have been traveling all over the world and they're, they're coffee connoisseurs themselves. So they would visit coffee shops all around the world and they started getting into, you know, this, this love of coffee, this love of roasting it. And, um, They've got three different blends now, I think. What is it? Uh, they've got one called Memento Mori, which is just awesome. Um, I haven't tried that one out, but Ben sent me one called Overlord. It is a uh, really bold blend. It's a dark roast of beans from Brazil, El Salvador, Guatemala, and it's all roasted in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the Lamb of God are from, and uh, probably Nightflyer Roastworks as well. But Ben, thank you a lot for this. This is really good stuff. It's not often I get gifts, you know. They usually come for, uh, really for the kid mostly, you know. So when I get a gift this time of year, it's like super special. <laughs> so thank you very much, Ben. Um, yeah, we were just watching uh, the, uh, what is it, you know, the Love Actually, <laughs> the Christmas movie. It's that time of year, you know, where you start sort of watching those old movies over again. And that movie is one that I love to hate watch. And I did an episode, it was probably, God, one of the first 50 that I did. And I uh, I kind of went off a little bit about um, how much, you know, Love Actually is just a twisted, dark, weird movie. It's, it's equal parts ridiculous, sad, and just twisted. And uh, I, I'm... I'm baffled by the cultural phenomenon that basically, you know, puts this movie up on a pedestal and, and talks about, you know, this is on everybody's top Christmas movie list. So uh, what I did is, I get a lot of feedback on this episode I did, you know, back, what was it, two, three years ago. And um, I, uh, I thought I would just do a little bit of uh, a segment of that episode, just on the one part where I... Uh, really lay my, you know, my uh, thesis out on how bizarre that uh, love actually is. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you enjoy this. Uh, I've seen it a few times and 
I first just hated it, thought it was horrible. And as time goes by though, and I've seen it a few times now, it's starting to grow on me. Don't get me wrong, I still think it's a bad movie, but now it's it's just this train wreck that I can't look away from. Um, it's just bizarre that this movie ever got made. Um, the characters are horrible people. Uh, I don't mean the cast. It has some of the best actors out there, but the characters they play are just not good people. It uh, And what's crazy is that this is now considered a Christmas classic, <laughs> um, which is bizarre because if you break this movie down, it's it's not a Christmas movie, not in a traditional or meaningful sense. It does take place in the weeks leading up to Christmas, but it's not a movie about peace on earth or Santa placing uh, presents under the tree and there's no guardian angel trying to get his wings. I. I'm just going to come out and say this. I don't care what Bruce Willis says. Die Hard is more of a Christmas movie than Love Actually. <laughs> and in case you haven't seen this movie or it's been a while, it portrays nine relationships. And they're not all bad, but most of them are. I mean, you got the guy that caught his girlfriend in bed with his brother. So he runs off to Paris to write a novel where he's assigned or given a maid i can't figure out which it is and the maid only speaks portuguese and he falls in love with her this is a part of the story that could be about human trafficking i i'm just putting it out there um she just basically gets dropped off at his house and even though they can't communicate he falls in love (laughs) and to be fair the love part it doesn't really happen until this guy is writing his novel. So he's, picture this, outside, okay, on a windy day with a typewriter on this desk. And the pages fly off of his uh, his outside desk there. <laughs> and so this uh, woman, the maid, disrobes and jumps into this nearby pond that the pages are going into to try to retrieve them. And this is when he falls in love with her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. And then there's the weird sex-crazed waiter guy that, uh, that can't seem to get laid in the UK. So his master plan is to go to America, locate some easy women. That's his entire plot line. And they spend 30 minutes of screen time on this creep. Um... Who else? Hugh Grant. Uh, He plays the role of the prime minister who falls in love with his assistant. And one of the strangest parts of this story is how everyone refers to her as fat. And she's not. (laughs) It's it's weird. Um, He then has to fire her. He decides to fire her because she's just too hot and he can't control himself. Um, He realizes that he never should have done this um, because, you know, it's illegal and all. And so now he goes out on this grand gesture. Um, The movie is full of annoying grand gestures. Um, So he goes to every door on her street trying to look for her. 
which is ridiculous on so many levels. Uh, I mean, the United Kingdom doesn't keep employee records. Uh, <laughs> and the prime minister doesn't have a cell phone, apparently, uh, with his staff's uh, phone numbers. Kira Knightley uh, is also in this movie. She gets married, but is then pursued by the best man. And this guy is maybe a bigger creep than the last one. Um, after the wedding, she goes to pick up a video that he shot. And it's of the wedding. And as it turns out, it was 100% close-ups of her face. Um, because this dude is a psychopath. <laughs> and instead of getting a restraining order, she's flattered. Um, he then, on Christmas Eve, goes to her home and professes his love to her on a poster board. You know, he's uh, trying to be sneaky, so he brings a boombox and starts playing Christmas carols on it so that her husband, his best friend, <laughs> won't be alarmed. And he professes his love on these written poster boards. And what does she do, right? What would a reasonable person do in this situation? Um, I'm not sure what the answer to that would be, but after he walks away, she runs after him and kisses him. Who else do we have? Uh, Laura Linney, who is amazing in Ozark, is in this movie. Uh, she finally works up the nerve to approach her office crush at the Christmas work party. Uh, they go back to her place to seal the deal because nobody goes on dates in this movie. Um, and she gets a phone call from her mentally ill brother. Uh, he lives in a facility, not with her, but he calls a lot. Um, so after two phone calls, the crush has decided it's just too much to deal with and ends it. And I don't mean ends it as in that night, like I've got to go home, you're getting too many phone calls. Um, no, he doesn't want to have anything to do with her because her brother who's mentally ill, calls her. The guy that played Hans Gruber in Die Hard, Alan Rickman, rest in peace, Alan, is, uh, is also in this movie. He is basically stalked by his assistant, who likes to show her vagina to him in the office. And I'm not making that part up. Sharon Stone uh, was more subtle and basic instinct than this homewrecker. I can't remember now if they hook up or not. Um, I think I fell asleep by that point. Um, but he does secretly buy her jewelry from Christmas and gets his wife some Joni Mitchell reissue. And there's no resolution to this story. At the end of the movie, they flash forward um, a month and they're still together. And while it's going down, his wife... You know, she finds out about the gift. She finds it. And then only to receive a Joni Mitchell CD uh, for Christmas, realized it was not for her. And she doesn't do anything. Doesn't do a thing. <laughs> it's um, All the men in this movie are creeps. Like really bad, creepy dudes. Uh, <laughs> and I love how this movie is now considered a Christmas classic. And Baby It's Cold Outside is being banned. Well, well there you have it. That's my, uh, my hot take 
on uh, Love Actually from three years ago or so. Uh, I don't know if it still holds up, maybe. I, I will say that Liam Nilsson, after watching this over again, he's probably the one exception to all men being creeps on this movie. Check the show notes out. Uh, you can check out the Lamb of God Coffee compliments of the Angry Dad podcast. Can't say enough about Ben, how good his podcast is. You can find a link directly to his podcast in my show notes, along with all my other pod pals. And if you want to dive into this crazy backlog I got, you can do all that at the coffeebuzzpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week.